I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. It's Lost the Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Marvellous. It's uh, it's a couple of decent events last week. In the end, I know we were we didn't particularly fall in love with the uh, CJ Cup, but we did have a breakthrough winner in Jason Kokrak eventually. Um, you know, it's been a long time coming, really, over his career, isn't it, for him to, to get over the line. And one of our uh, favourites was uh, Adrian Atwagi decided to go and win when we weren't on. So it was an interesting week overall. Yeah, fair play to Coke Rack. Um, finally done the job. Nobody else wanted to win it, did they? They were all playing about. Xander didn't want to win. Um, Joel Hatton went backwards Saturday. Came again brilliantly on Sunday, to be fair. Um, yeah, they weren't interested in winning. Um, yeah, Russell Henley, uh, four clear. He couldn't be bothered to win. Um, and back over on our one, um, Matt Wallace proved that world rankings aren't always, you know, a, a perfect um, a perfect indicator of success. Well, I thought he was going to make me look stupid again because it's been like twice now I've said Tommy Fleet was too short for an event uh, and looked like he was going to win like third or fourth. Well, he finished third in, in Portugal and then lost it to Aaron Ryan a playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Wallace looked like he had it sewn up really. Um, and I know obviously Atwagi had to play well in the final round to uh, to obviously get the job done. But I just he just faltered, didn't he, Wallace? Um, you know, at one point I was looking, he was the only player in the top twenty-three to be over par. Like that's not that's not just disappointing. That's you know horrendous, really, especially with a player of his quality. And he actually finished four shots shy in the end. And I know Atwagi opened a sixty-two, closed with a sixty-three. And he's not going to do that every every week. But you know. I just thought it was disappointing, really, from someone that... I mean, obviously, I'm not his biggest supporter and, and believer anyway, but I just thought that he should be winning that in that type of uh, situation. Yeah, you know, he is a winner, obviously. He's, he's won plenty of times, but, yeah, we, we look at it as, as context to the price that they go off at. Uh, we felt it was too short. We did look silly. Um I think he was, was like seven to two on or something. So he wasn't he at one point. Yeah. Um, he should he have won? Yes. Um, did the course look easy for him? Certainly through uh, Friday and Saturday, it looked very very easy for him. Um, and uh, you know, there we are. You know, it's um, no such thing as a free lunch, is there? No. Um, you, you've got to be there for for seventy two holes. And he was. He was. He, he did his in the end. He's under par, so he hasn't completely thrown it away. But he let it go, didn't he? It through through the beginning and the middle of the event he, he, on Sunday, he let it go, and there's no way he was bringing it back. Not with you know a taggy playing like he was. There'll be some hard luck stories behind. Uh, my old mate Aaron Rye, um, you know, the close of Saturday's round. I, I thought he was unfortunate on the 17th. Um, that seemed to knock him back. But I, I was quite impressed the way both he and Taggy came back after sort of you know average ends to uh, their Saturday round so yeah Wallace let you down um, and this is what happens you know I'm not going into it already but you know the first five in the betting this week work out about two to one to win so there's plenty of value out there any of them can win at any time as Coke Rack has uh, demonstrated it's a matter of when obviously the favourites are going to win more than they are but you know we're not interested in, in, in playing that. We, we have done. 
and we've been burnt this year. Um, yeah, you know, Westwood proved that, you know, I thought the course over the weekend actually we should have suited him and I thought he was very, very pedestrian. Um, well, he's did a much better job as a jolly, but ultimately at that price he has to win and he didn't. Even like Pepper was there, wasn't he, until a poor final mm. day. Um, it was strange because I actually thought Garrick Porteous looked really good for the for quite a while. Um, obviously, he had a bad back nine. Um, but I thought, you know, he's not been there. Uh, Matt Wallace has been there and done it and got over the line three times. Um, it, just, it just, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because he's been out of form for a little while or because it's certainly not the company that he was surrounded by that was going to put him off. I know, obviously, Aaron Rye was was hunting him down but it, but surrounded by players that really are you know not not prolific and you know a twaggy's won before but they're match play events it's just I just thought it was bizarre really but i suppose you can't you can't win every time you're expected to um he obviously performed as he was expected to in the, uh you know for for at least most of the event um and it's just one of those things where like you say favorites get beat quite often and and it was a case this week and and he'll obviously take a he said after i think he put up on um instagram he basically just you know he was quite honest assessment he said i wasn't good enough like tried to you know control my emotions better felt like i did that and and positive signs but he's now shorter this week um with kaima perez wiesberger in the field and uh i'm gonna put my head neck on the line and say that i uh, can see him being taken on again yeah, I think he'll, he'll like it, but but who won't like it? It's a big, wide, boring course. Seven thousand four hundred, smash it down there. Um, proximity to the pin will be uh, bin. maybe for the betting slips. Proximity <laughs> to the pin will be important. Um, they're all going to have chances, I think, of sticking it on the green. And it'll be down to, I would imagine, Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be down to whoever shoots sixty three, sixty four. To be honest with you, I mean, for for a tagged hit, sixty two and sixty three last week was was brilliant. I thought it was a much, going to be a much more open uh, track than it was. It actually looked really difficult in, in certain parts. Um, greens, the way, the way the pins were set up and crosswinds and stuff like that. Uh, whereas this week, you know, I haven't read one review that doesn't say it's, you know, wide open and extremely boring. So um, we're looking at what most of these Italian Opens are one in 18 under, aren't they? Give or take. I yeah, would and, they're, think and, they're, with, and they're probably tougher layouts as well, aren't they? Yeah, without bad weather, you've got to be looking at a Horsfield Sullivan type score, haven't you? Um, I know neither are playing. Horsfield would love this, um, so I think you've got to be looking at twenty twenty two, haven't you, to win this? Yeah, and it's just, you know, this isn't really the fault of the European Tour because they've got to play in these big resort hotel types, haven't they? Um, and and it is just making for. You know, we're getting some reasonable finishes. I mean, in the end, yesterday it was pretty, pretty wrapped up before the end of it. But we've had some, we've had some close finishes with with Ryan Fleetwood and and things like that. But the the two standout events really were the two Rolex Series events, weren't they? As you'd expect them to be. So it's it's one of those yeah. things, isn't it? There's we know what it's going to take. It's going to be a low score. Um, the best, you know, the best in the betting are the best players in the field by. A distance, and you'd expect them to perform well. Are all five, six of them going to finish in the top ten? Well, no, that doesn't happen, does it? So it's about picking out the ones that won't. I think we both said off air before we came on that we expect Victor Perez to go very well, don't we? Um, he's looked class since he's come back to the European Tour, but yeah, I, I just 
I think it's just worth taking them on, especially after seeing what happened last week. Yeah, I mean, just quickly, I mean, the European Tour have loads of faults. Uh, you know, their communication with, with the general public being their main one, um, and their polling website being another. But, you know, fair play. I mean, this, you know, they've put a tournament on and we've had live coverage of every one bar one, that second Portugal uh, event. Um, so to be fair, you know, you have to give them some credit and those that have organised these tournaments, it's not, it really can't have been easy. Um so to have a go at them is a bit a bit churlish, um, but you know, I'll have a go at anyone if there's the opportunity. Um, yeah, back to this field. Yeah, um, yeah. Victor Perez looked absolutely brilliant against Hatton at Wentworth. Um, looked incredibly classy. I think he just made a couple of mistakes the final round, which again was is, is you know creating something that probably isn't there. Um, uh, his, his progression over the last couple of years has been brilliant. You know, he's top twenty in every category certainly in this class anyway you know he can rank higher overall he's fifth strokes gained off the tee fourth in strokes gained approach he's long um he's 18th in birdies made in the in the not very uh many events he's had here uh seventh in the italian challenge in 2018 but this is a this is a different victor perez now i mean i remember uh, you know i, I know i got heart back to my challenge tour writing days but oh, do you? you know i remember I Wait till the radar thing at the end, folks. Um, Victor Perez, you know, yeah, he was always had had ability, but he was never this good. And and uh, yeah, everything about his stats, his play, his class, the way he approaches it. I mean, twelve to one is is remarkably short, but why not? Why why isn't he? You know, he looks destined to win very very soon, and this class sort of should really suit him. I think. I think one of those things is that like, obviously we're typically by nature the two of us not ones that really look towards ahead of the betting anyway, do we? Unless we really, uh, really like someone's chances. And I don't think we've had those strong feelings about that on the European tour, at least. Um, but it almost feels like every week it's worth having one of them on the side. Um, you know, I just, I find it difficult to separate them. I think that I don't have strong feelings about any one of them and, and as we're going to come on to we, we like a lot of the players out of the uh, out of the top six and seven places so we'll start moving on to those because obviously we don't want to talk about people that we're not going to bet um, but but would it be Perez out of the top lot if you had to pick one? Yeah it would be. Yeah I think it's got to be I think Riesberg has obviously got his, he's played well in Italy won the, with this event last year didn't he and uh, Westwood's just steady Eddie at the moment but maybe not quite doing what we're expecting him to so we'll go on to our to our first selections and and you've got a chap at i think he's about 33 and 30 to 1 yeah it's going very quickly though unfortunately yeah, get, get it suggests <laughs> that it suggests to me that uh, mr Cody might have put him up when it gets published um if he is doing italy this week um adrian noose um which is again probably not how you say it but you know i'm from romford so what can you do um I mean, this this has to be an opportunity for him. I looked at people like Paratore, Nine Abra, and obviously people like that. But in this price bracket, if, if he goes much shorter, I won't back him. Um, but I knew could just about get 30 still at the moment, which would probably be uh, the shortest I'd go. He makes perfect sense. Um, two of his three wins, I know they're on the Alps tour, but they were they were in Italy. Um, when he won the uh, 2018 Challenge Tour final, um, he had Perez, Langasque, uh, McIntyre and Senior behind him. Um, you know, th- th- this was a good year. Um, he's been playing really well recently. Um, he, I put him up a couple of times um, 
recently. I can't for the life of me. I can't remember. It was Ireland or Scotland. I think it probably was Ireland. Um, he does go in and out, in and out all the time. You can see yourself. You know, he'll throw in two good rounds, mid-60s, and then he'll do something silly. But that's... Um, oh, where am I? Sorry. Talk about Paratore, which I crossed out, didn't I? Because he's price. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, well, Anus is actually not that different, is he, really? Apart from the win, he's not that much different. So, again, yeah, he'll throw in a couple of low rounds. So, you finish the Irish with a 65. Middle of Scotland, 66, 67, started Wentworth with a 66. And all around that, he's, he's sort of all over the place. Um I just think that this course, this course, this area will suit him. Um, his strokes gained approach the last three times. He's uh, found seven, five and eight strokes uh, advantage on the field. So for me, this is all going to be about his putting. He was disappointing, I think, uh, in the Scottish on the on the greens. Um, did miss quite a few uh, in the final round, which is a worry if the cameras start following around. Especially certainly if radar starts following him or, or they interview him running down the fairway on the 12th or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything about him is, is extremely consistent. He looks ready to do something a little bit more, a little bit special. And the location suggests that this is going to be right up his street. So 33, I was definitely on. It's a bit disappointing to see him go, but it's understandable. Do you think there's an element of like, he was sort of excelling when, uh, you know, there was stronger fields, there was more coverage, he was a rookie, etc., etc. It was a bit more exciting, but now it's kind of petered off and it's a bit of a bubble effect and everyone's kind of, I think, just obligated to turn up if they haven't got, you know, 10 wins already. They're, they're kind of just trying to get some forms together and can't play on the PGA Tour. Do you think he's kind of just got a bit, just a bit like, meh about it all and just kind of, if, if there was something a bit more exciting to play for, he'd get up for it? It's extremely possible. Um, I mean, the worry is these players start off at sort of 60 to one, don't they? They finish 20th and and suddenly 33 and going um, for a month later. And yet there isn't anything there that there, there, it's not like, um, you know, for example, let's take Aaron Wright. It's not like he suddenly, you know, we knew he was good. and He, he started become, he started getting 15th, he started getting top 10s. And we knew he was ready to do something special. You know, we now, you know, this is going to be 28, 25 by the end of tomorrow. Um, and is he really showing that sort of form? That that makes him only double the price of Perez. Um, so yeah, at thirty-three, I'd be interested. It's going. I have got him down as a bet, but you know, I, I didn't get on today. I was far too busy, so I, I can't say whether he definitely will be. But he'll, he'll, you know, he is of massive interest. Yeah, I think he is. When we talk about these class players that we're trying to predict, he is one that everyone seems to have been talking about for a long time, hasn't he? And uh, he's certainly expecting to make a step up. One of the players I've looked at was two at fifty to one that that kind of wanted to talk about. One of them was David Horsey, who's been in you know really good form uh, since the restart. Really, I know you obviously liked him a couple of times, didn't you? Um, he plays very well in Italy. The only sort of reservation I have on that is at a second, a fifth, and a sixth in these Italian Opens, but they're all on more fiddly courses than this one, aren't they? Um, which actually suits his game pretty well. Um, but he's got three top 14s in his last four starts, uh, including at Wentworth, which is obviously a, a bigger and stronger event than this. And I just thought that maybe 50 Tom was, was pretty good value on him. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I, I think you're absolutely right in every, everything you say here. I, I think, you know, horsey, horsey trademark is tighter, fiddly track. It gives him an advantage over over the big hitters that can't really control it, can't find a, you know an exact spot. Um, and that would be my worry with him. I think he's 7,400. 
Um, and I, I just don't see how he can keep up with um, with the bigger hitters or, or I say classier players or, or those at the front um, who also have distance in their armoury. Um, he, he has been playing fantastically well. In, in fact, um, those that 10th, 14th, 13th, I think could have been a lot better. I think when the cameras got to him a couple of times, um, he did miss a couple of chances off, just off the top of my head. Which is weird for someone like him, really, because he's, he's pretty good when he does get in contention, isn't he? Doesn't seem to fall to that much. Doesn't seem to. Um, I mean, it, it's a weird thing. I, you know, it must be weird out there. I know they, they'll be used to it by now, but, you know, if, if you're charging through the field from the other half of the draw, for example, and you are literally playing um, in front of a man and his dog, uh, and there are no cameras, and suddenly, you know, the cameras have to rush over or they send, you know, whatever, I don't know, they, they, they send over an iPad or something to film you or whatever they're doing these days. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a concern, but he, he is playing very well. But I, but I am I would err on the side of caution because, yeah, um, form in Italy is it, it's a bit like you know going around the golf national or somewhere like that, and then and then giving them somewhere massively wired to to open up on. It's it's not the same, is it? So um, no. yeah, I, I, yes yes and no. I, I could see him being consistent enough to to nick a top ten, but I, I couldn't see him winning or threatening the win. JB Handsome is the other one. He's got a, you know, he shot a 62 at that Swiss Challenge, which is by the same designer, Kurt. I can't say his surname, a bit like you with pronunciations. Um, but he, he designed the Swiss Challenge course anyway. Uh, shot a 62 course record there. Um, and actually led halfway in, the, in this event last year and was in spectacular form at that time. I think he was, he was fourth in Spain, um, then finished 20 odd there, and then went on to finish second in France as well. So. He was in fine form, and that was obviously October, um, whether there's anything in that. But he was in the final group, wasn't he, at Wentworth? Uh, finished tied seventh, played well at Valderrama and Irish Open. So his form is translating to different style uh, courses as well as anything. And we know that he's the type that he's obviously very good at the challenge tour level, isn't he? And, and hasn't quite made the step up that, that he's been expected to on the European tour. But this might be an event that allows him to do that. Yeah, I looked at him. I, I shortlisted him. Um, he is a big hitter. Um, and I'm sure he's a longer hitter than if the stats are actually showing, but we know that those driving distance stats can be slightly um, skewed. Um, yeah, it's a great performance at Wentworth. Um, he is a great player. He is very dodgy in front, uh, has been for years and years and years. Uh, but again, yeah, is, this is a course, this course would, I would think would have suited him better than somebody like Halsey, um, as opposed to a traditional, um, you know, tighter course, which which would have been the other way around. So. Yeah, I looked at I looked at Hanson. He's another one, another one in the sort of. He's had more chances than Arnoux and people like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I could see him. Yeah, I could see him there at some point. First round leader, second round leader, third round leader, whatever. So um, yeah, he's much of it. There, there's there's so many of them there, isn't there? We we don't know the course. We don't know the type of player that's gonna that's gonna suit. But like you say, um, I was quite heavy on the Swiss Challenge comparison. Um, the worry being, obviously, it's not the same, not the same class. But um, yeah, players who are happy to play in that sort of region, just over over the border. Um, the Italian Challenge this year, 2020, was now a drive up the road in northern Italy. So there may be a case for that. Um, but like you say, you've made the, you've made the, the thing about horses form in Italy, and that probably won't won't compare to this week. It's the same sort of thing. Is Hanson playing well yet? Is he a long hitter yet? 
will he find greens yet? Will he putt? Probably not. No, and, that, and that's the thing, isn't it? You are, but at fifty to one, I was I was kind of hoping for a bit bigger, and I think he actually did open up a bit bigger than that. And and it's just one of those ones again, like we keep saying, where in these sort of events, when when obviously there are a few class players in this field, but not not all of them, you do have to kind of take your medicine and just if you like a player. Uh, back it and and when we talked about the fact that Horsey, the main reason I liked Horsey was the fact that he plays well in Italy and they're not comparable courses, whereas Hansen's played well on the, you know, the design tracks by by the guy. I think that that's probably out of the two. I would say he's probably more promising, especially given the fact that he was you know up there. And to be honest, he didn't really do an awful lot wrong at Wentworth. It's just mm. until Hatton was so good um, that you know I think he shot. I think the worst shot he was seventy two, which is which is no you know bad thing around Wimpworth really so um, yeah I think that there was enough in there to to make him worth the bet um, any more around his price range? Uh, kind of slimy I um, uh, I know he's not been producing the same sort of form that he has been sort of through the middle of the summer um, we were on at the Celtic Classic uh, when he in fact could have should have would have you know my auntie had wheels and all that um, he didn't win um, in fact, I think it took um, a Moronk bogey at the last for him to, to... Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he's played well. You know, he's played really well twice at Celtic Manor. Um, so excellent effort in, in Valderrama. But obviously, this is a completely different course that, you know, c- compared to anything like Valderrama. But um, what was quite interesting, that he's 17th in par 5 scoring. Um, so he almost saves half a shot on the par 5. I think it's 4.57. And I think that's going to be very important this week. Um, I think there are going to be birdies that I'm pretty certain much of the top five is going to is going to nab a couple of eagles, um, given how low the scoring's got to be. He's ninth off the tee, seventh driving average. Uh, he's top 40 in driving distance, which suits because Arthur Mark playing anyway in this. Um, tied seventh in the Italian Challenge in 2019. I, I didn't look up where that was, um, hoping it was Northern Italy. But either way, he was top 10 in um, the Swiss challenge, um, as we rightly say, designed by Kurt, whatever his name is. Um, so I think there are lots in his favour. Um, he's played twice in Scotland. It, you know, I know it's, it, I know it's home, but you know the, the courses may not have suited. And and back here where he can he can have a go, and he's got a, you know, he's a very very straight hitter, isn't he? Yes. Um, so where he can just bomb it down the fairway, and and he's got some great iron play. So. I thought 41, 45 to one was actually, you know, pretty fair in context. I don't know. I keep picking these maidens, which is quite a worry, really, because uh, I know that. Um, I mean, I read it up earlier. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of winners here have won before or a form, but you know, this is a chance for them to step up. You know, I'm sure a lot of the names aren't going to be that fast. They're here to support the European Tour. They're not exactly going to be trying 100%. So yeah, yeah, I thought everything pointed to Simon having a, a very, very good tournament. Well, personally, I think that there's never a better time for a maiden winner, really. I know it hasn't kind of panned out every week in that way, but it just, you know, there's so much less pressure. Um, weaker fields, easier golf courses, no fans. So everything equates to it being, you know, stress-free, really, as much as golf can be, um, especially when you're a professional and, and you're in form. So, yeah, we've been talking about Conor Simon, we've... Uh, quite a few starts now we picked him I can't remember where I picked him now I don't know if it was Valderrama or, or before that but you know it was a similar price wasn't it he hasn't really gone gone out or, or shortened or anything like that so I think you know he's playing well enough to 
to justify that, especially on, like you say, where he's played certain courses well. So, yeah, I quite like that. Um, I am going to make a pick that makes me shudder a little bit. Um, but if there's anything in the Swiss Challenge link, which, you know, we do have to say you've got to proceed with caution, haven't you? Because, oh yeah, um, you know, we're simply just making links to the designer and hoping there's similarities in it. It doesn't always work out that way. You know, one's in Switzerland, one's in Italy. It's not, it's not foolproof. Um, but Richard Bland has actually got two top nine finishes at the European Open, which is also had a course at Kurt, what's his name, is uh, is designed, which is actually his name now, um, at the Bad Griesbach, or Bad Griesbach, you know, mm. my German's not great. Um, four top 27 since the restart, three of them are top 22s, and, and in all of those, really, he's had chances to to finish top five, top ten. Um, the worry with him is that you're almost playing for uh, each way terms, really, aren't you? Because... He's not a winner. It's not like it's it's due, is it? He has uh, he's gone plenty of years proving that. I mean, his you look at his third best finish on, plenty the, on, of years, the, yeah. on the world golf record. His second at the Irish Open in 2002 still holds up. So, um, you know, even on the Challenge Tour, he's finished second at the Swiss Challenge last year, which is one of the reasons I like mm. him as well. It's just to me, um, he's looked in pretty good shape. Most of the time since the restart, looked like he's had a chance going in. Um, I don't think it's impossible that he can win during these circumstances. If he doesn't get interviewed during the during the third round when he's in the lead after just hitting a tree, he might be all right, which I think happened to him. I think when he last got asked, he was asked, did he take up cycling during the lockdown? And to tell us more about it, which I wasn't interested in. And I don't think oh, he was right. really interested in talking about either. Um he thought he was going to be asked something about his golf, where he just double bogeyed, and uh, he's, he just got asked by, I think it must have been Tim Barter, telling him, you know, tell us more about your cycling. It's just baffling, isn't it? You know, we talk about this all the time, and we'll get on to our radar rants at the end. But he, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's one of those ones where I don't have all the confidence in the world, but if if the, the course correlations stand up, he should have a good week. That's about all I've got to say on Richard Bland. Yeah, I hope he, he's up there on the final round, and then I can have my um, my uh, fifty-four hole column will be opposing him in the two ball. Uh, especially if Tim Barter or the, the lady I forget her name that the interviews on uh, on a Sunday, she was asking Matthew Southgate whether he felt that the spirit of Seve was with him yesterday on Fairmont St Andrews, where I don't think Seve's probably ever played a round of golf before. Um, Matthew Southgate's probably never met him. Um, doesn't play like him. There, there was nothing to suggest that you thought of that. I just think some of these, some of these interviews are, are baffling. But you know, like we say, you've got to thank the European Tour for putting on a a decent schedule so far under tough conditions, and, and maybe they're just trying to make the most of it. I don't know. But moving swiftly on from one of those little rants that we'll probably save a bit more for for later, another person I like is Matthew Baldwin, uh, 125 to one. He was top 15 on that Swiss course by our Mr. I can't even remember his first name now. Kurt, what's his name? Yeah. Um, he's had back-to-back top nine finishes. And, and he was, if, if the Italian challenge is anything to go by a couple of starts ago, uh, he finished tied fourth. But he was actually well within his chances of winning. I think he was actually clear at the time. 
smashed the ball into his player's uh, playing partner's bag, which bounced 40 yards yes, into the water. Right. Mm. Uh, double bogey and missed the playoff by one. So you'd have to think that, you know, that's a pretty tough break, isn't it? And then I sort of thought, well, would he have a chance next week at the... Uh, last week, sorry, at the Scottish. And, and he did. He played well for, for quite a lot of it. And although he wasn't really in contention in the end, he's, uh, he's backed up another strong performance. Yeah. 65, 68-65 yeah. at a weekend, I thought was was suggesting that he's, you know, in top he, shape. And, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, he's another one, isn't he, that hasn't won at this level. Um despite being you know, very promising on the challenge tour. But I don't see him potentially as a someone that's ever got there and thrown it away. I just don't think he's particularly put himself in position too many times. No, I think that's right. I think he's a very steady player. And if somebody finds something a bit special, um, unfortunately, he's going to fail, isn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue with you. He, he sits there amongst the, the group of players. Um, in, his, in his thing, I mean... I remember um, he's now more of a famous singer now than a columnist. Um, but Sam used to do a column where he would <laughs> he would pick up. Um, I haven't heard his latest one actually. Have you heard it? No, it's uh, got, Rory Sabatini, isn't it? Oh, is it Sabatini? He's got a new one out today. Um, where he'd group the players into into um, price brackets. Uh, so you'd be looking at whatever the sort of hundred to hundred and fifty or one shot now. And yeah, you know why not? Baldwin makes as as you know as acceptable cases many of those in that price bracket to be honest with you possibly more so yeah it's a fair pick in that price price mark again it's another one of those things where if it turns into a bit of a shootout it probably goes against him really i think he probably prefers it a little bit tougher and and can kind of take advantage of a bit of accuracy and things like that but um you know second last year at that uh, isps hand uh, invitational win that behind jack senior who plays well at uh, the swiss challenge coincidentally um you know, he can do it in low-scoring events, and and this should suit, especially when he's in. I think the thing that's important here is that any player that's in good form should be able to play these resort-style courses well, and and this is exactly what this is this week. Yeah, it's a very yeah, absolutely, it's a very boring course, and it is going to be about how good you are with your irons. It's it's simple as that, I think. Um, and then doing the business, obviously, on the par. But as we always say, you know, you only need one day when it rolls. Um, look at you look at coke rack, you know, like you right, know, it's ridiculous, wasn't it? Well, Sergio yeah, Sergio with his eyes shut. Yes, exactly, it happens, you know. But if you're going to if you give yourself enough chances, if you give yourself seventy two chances, then you know you expect to finish in the you know somewhere up there, don't you? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you've got another long shot that you wanted to mention here as well. I but there's a couple. Jumping too far ahead. But... No, no, yeah, yeah, you are a bit ahead, a bit ahead. Thank you. Um, but Laurie Cantor, I wanted to put up, and I've just seen that. Um, Ben's just put him up, so I'm frantically trying to get the best price I can now. Uh, I've really got to take days off on Mondays just to run around getting these early prices. Um, yeah, I think he, uh, yet again, another maiden. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, playing playing really, really well. We thought that it was a sort of um, one-off thing, didn't we, when you saw him play well sort of throughout the British, British Marston hero. Um, but he came back and he's performed fantastically. Um Portugal, he chased uh, George Garcia all the way, didn't give up at all. Garcia started kicking on halfway through that. It was it was shelling peas for him. Uh, but Cantor turned out to be the only one to give him any any real worry. Um, and I remember on the 18th, it didn't really matter the 18th, I don't think, but he had something like a 30-foot putt for par. Really difficult putt and made it. 
So um, I'm happy with his putting, um, which is good for this week, sort of overall. Um, 15th in par 4 performance, 34th par 5 performance, I think. 9th in birdie performance. Um, thought he was playing really, really well in, in not events sort of better class, but events where more might be trying if that makes if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, so I'm sure be mate. I'm sure they were trying harder at Celtic Manor than they might be here this week, where I think a lot of them will just be on the Chianti every evening, um, and just this is what it is. This is part of the of their job, as opposed to something they desperately want to win. Obviously, it's been devalued, hasn't it? Quite a lot money wise and everything like that. So it's not part of the Rolex series. So yeah, I think it is a chance for for every, you know virtually everybody we've mentioned to come through and do something. I'm sure they'll be trying harder. Um, and this looks to suit, you know, look at look at his figures, um, stroke gained off the tee. Top 10 every single week. Um, tee to green, virtually, you know, top 10 every single week. Top 20 in approaches. So this is going to be down to, again, it's going to be down to the flat stick. But it, it was it was quite taking, I thought, what we saw at Portugal. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. It can, he was 66s. Ben has just put his article up and screwed the whole thing up. Um, which is, you know, his prerogative, obviously. So that's going to go. That's going to go to 50. Uh, I've been told there's 55 available at the moment, but uh, we'll see how long that lasts. But I still think the 50 to one is very fair for somebody like Ganter. I think he's got he's got a win in him, and this will be the place to um, to do it. Yeah, I mean, I was quite not dismissive of his chances a couple of times ago when when I think you fancied him and. And then when we sort of reflected on it, it's more I, I kind of forget that he's not even replayed really that many events as he. I sort of see him as a as a non-winner, and then you think well, I think he's only played sort of seventy odd events or something on the European Tour at this level. So, and I fully expected him to take a, a kind of step back from his form, and he went fifth, thirteenth, second, fourteenth. Mm. Um, and like you say, he was very impressive when George Cozier won. It's just that George Cozier was even more impressive. As simple as that. Sometimes you just get beat. And I think that although it's disappointing, when you do just get outright beat um, and don't throw it away, there's there's plenty to take encouragement for that. So, yeah, at the end of the day, he's a player that's improving. He's a player that I don't think gets phased by this sort of bubble life, if you like. And I think that's actually a big factor at the moment. And and anyone that can kind of keep their head screwed on, I think that's why we're seeing you know people like horsefield and and hogard and, and people like that go back to back because you know they, they're young you know not back to back but uh, you know double wins it's just you know when there's less on the line and you're just focusing on your golf and taking advantage of a, of a good opportunity it's it's probably easier to do yeah yeah that's what i've done um, I've, got, I've got the 55 so that's all right i can yeah, move on there um, <laughs> and who's your who you've got a big outsider haven't you here yeah right quick mention for dean burmester who i think is far too big um, 80 to one in this class he looks out of form but as discussed before this now it's got nothing to do with it but he's been taking part in a strix on dunlop tennis golfer type fun event over the last couple of weeks i have absolutely no reason to suggest that that's disturbed what he's doing but it may well have done if it is i think he's going to give himself a million chances on the greens here this week 80 to one is far too big for a player like that in the context he's 20 30 points too big so um, that's just a quick one for Burmaster. He can't be on current form. And the other one, you talk about the 300 to one shot. That's uh, the one. Yeah, Marcel Schneider. Um, six in the world uh, amateur rankings at one point. So really absolute proper player. Um, just of interest, he was second to, um, oh God, I can't uh, Hurley Long. That's it. Uh, Hurley Long in the Italian Challenge in 2020, uh, just a few months ago, which 
is up the road up the northern coast from where we play this week so if it's a regional thing that's a positive even better he absolutely destroyed his field in the 2018 swiss challenge um yeah i think he led all the way um he's a proper player that needs to step up at some point i mean you look at people like uh people like Matthias schwab and people like that um there there are others that i i know their overall form is better but they need to step up at some point and um for me, I, I, when I was doing the course correlation, if there if there is one, um, I, was, I was amazed that he was he was this price. I mean, he's double the price I thought he was going to be. Um, but he's got a top ten in the trophy. Hassan, you have to go back a few years. Um, it's not it's not brilliant. Top twenty at uh, Wentworth in the same year. You know, it, it, it's not stunning form, but there is something. There has to be something there. He was such a good amateur player. Um, it's just when um, and why not you know you're not asking them to be tricky like we, like we discussed you know the whole evening we're not asking them to be they don't have to be tricky this is not a mentally difficult course this is about get it down there and get it on the green and and in that case at 300 to 1 you know I'll, I'll back him every week for the next 7 years and uh, he can win once can't he that's the thing, isn't it? When you start getting down to this range, you're not asking for a lot to happen, are you? They, if they outperform their odds and and give you a chance going into the, you know, Saturday and Sunday, then then great. You know, you've got something to look forward to, and if you can do your bet fair uh, thing absolute, on there as well, yeah, then he's going to be huge, isn't he? He's going to be. I mean, I haven't looked, but he's going to be an absolute massive. I guess he must be fair. in the five hundred odd to one, is he? Something like that. I, I would, I would have thought so. Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, he's fifteen to two for a top twenty. Um, I'd, I'd actually want more to be honest with you I'd rather just take the chance of 300 yeah you might just um, give it a go aren't you that road but yeah I, I think on Betfair he's probably massive price so yeah if he hits the 500 the old double your money at a quarter of the odds he's only got to hit 125 wow you know who cares yeah I mean say if he puts together you know three or four birdies which he's more than capable of doing uh, and ends up on TV at some point. People will probably smash the old bet button, won't they? So yeah, it's not. It's um, not. You know, it's not. A, it's not a guess. It's. It's based on. It's based on fact. But it, that's whether that. You know, that location, correlation makes any sense whatsoever. But it, you know, we're not. We're not talking. Should rightly say we're not talking. You know, Martin Keimer at eleven to one and watching him, watching him do something wrong on the seventeenth on Sunday, are we? At ten. I think the Betfair thing's broken a little bit in the market. It hasn't quite made its way because he's only 100 to 1 at the moment. Um, so there's uh, there's some work to be done on there. But there's one person I want to mention, which I know you're going to just uh, tut and sigh at. Um, I won't be betting him, so don't worry too much. Um, but it wouldn't be worth leaving uh, an Italian Open without mentioning Matteo Manassero and his current uh, comeback to form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... The main problem of his over the last few years is that he can't keep it on the course. Um, wide open here, you know, won an Alps Tour event and then goes 25th at the Italian, uh, Italian Challenge where he actually just had a bad final day to fall out of the uh, out of the thing. There's good signs there. You know, this is a player. This isn't someone that you're predicting is going to be a good player. He was a world beater at one point, you know, one first four years on being on the European Tour. Um, still got plenty of time to come back as well. So be interesting to see what he does this week i hope that it's a just on a personal note that it's a good week for him i won't be invested in him because you know you're you're guessing because he hasn't played at this level you know for a, a long time but yeah it would just be interesting to see how he gets on it will be very interesting to see how he gets on back home yeah absolutely i i, I hope he is on telly 
for quite a bit of the uh, quite a bit of the weekend. Yeah, no idea how he's going to perform at all. Um, so good luck. Yeah, Let, let's let's see what happens. It's like you say, he's not going to miss the fairway. Well, if he does, he's in real trouble here. Um, <laughs> Do you think it helps that? The, he's not playing in front of fans when he's got some work to do because obviously he'd be a very popular player even still in those parts, wouldn't he? Um, and with with kind of no expectation around him and no fans to kind of follow him around because if he got into contention over the weekend, which is a big if, you know, he'd have a massive following, wouldn't he? And that would probably be a lot of pressure when you've been far from your best for a few years. Whereas you know if he gets in contention, he can kind of do it quietly, I suppose. It would have been lovely to see Franny Molinari and, and Manicero in the same group um, on telly. I mean, they probably both would have hit 78 or something. <laughs> but it would have been. It would have been It would have been fantastic to see. Um, no idea. I mean, the, the cameras will be... I've got no doubt the cameras will be following him on uh, on one of the first two days, if not both. Um, yeah, just be interesting to see what he does. As you rightly say, you know, the Italian Open, I think he was... Off the top of my head, he was he was eighth or ninth going into the final round, if I'm not mistaken, on the challenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I, 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 I don't think there's any way he can get back to what he was. Um, I think but, the game's know, mo- moved on a little bit since he was at his best, hasn't he? And, and yeah. he's probably been left behind. But never if, say he never. Get, if he can even just get back to a... You know, a decent standard, and and you can be, you know, making cuts and and finishing top twenty, top twenty five. You know, most weeks and stuff. That's going to be promising for him, and hopefully, he can get a win again in the future. But any more on the Italian Open? Are we ready to move on? To no, the, the I'm I'm, I'm ready to move on with my three lines on the um, Zozo. The Zozo Championship. So, uh, Zozo Championship, as we know, like the CJ Cup, um, is now no longer uh, abroad on the on the Korean swing. Uh, it's now in Sherwood Country Club, which obviously hosted uh, the Hero Challenge for a long time, didn't it? You know, the limited field event. Uh, last time it was used was 2013. Zach Johnson, who I was hoping was going to play this week. I don't know mm. if he just didn't get in the field or whatever, but yeah, so loves us, loves Sherwood Country Club, and that would have been nice to see, especially with him uh, being in decent form. I don't suppose you would have got much of a price on him, but yeah, it'd have been interesting to see how he done. Dustin Johnson is out by the looks of things, as yep. expected. Um, so that leaves John Rahm and Xander Schauffele as the two favourites. Do you, does it get to a point where you start to become concerned about Xander Schauffele? Because I know firstly on Dustin, we're, we're both great, massive. Fans. Firstly on Dustin, he, uh, I believe Mr. Gretzky is like quite high up here, isn't he? Mm. At Sherwood, and um, so that'll be a real gutter. But I'm sure he'll be in the bar anyway. So right put his mask on and get in, get in the bar. Um, yeah, do do I get concerned about Xander? What and the, and the fact that. He, you know, he really should have three or four this year, shouldn't he? Or this yeah. season, this elongated season. Um, yeah. Because yesterday was kind of his time, wasn't it? He is a chance. Um, he was right. It was right. It suited him perfectly. It was the type of event he loves. He was putting the pressure on, got into the tie for lead in the, you know, the fashion that he does. Uh, and then Jason Kokrat out him, which is something you wouldn't have expected, you know, you know, on any other week? No, I mean he, he got. I, I mean, I, to be honest, I got quite bored of this event um, over the weekend. I did see Zandy get stuck behind a tree, which my wife then told me. Yeah, but you know, apparently a lot of people have been stuck behind this tree this week. I mean, uh, okay, <laughs> she only saw one shot. Um, uh, do I start worrying? Do you know what? I mean, we no, said I'm a massive fan we, of it. We're both massive fans of it, aren't we? Didn't we say? Clear. 
we said this about a few players. We go, oh, aren't we worried about the fact that he's getting top fives all the time? And, you know, yeah, he was in a position where he should have won this tournament. He should have put it to bed in round three and then done a job in four. Um, but look, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, do I still fancy for the Masters? Yes, I do. Do I wish he'd have won by five yesterday? Yes, I do. Uh, At the end of the day, he did shoot 66 yesterday. I mean, I'd say the damage was done in the third round, wasn't yeah, it? So would, it's... Yeah, would you, would you, you know, you, you can look at it and say, Till Hatton was flying. Um, you know, and he threw it away in the third round and came again fourth round. Um, so it's, 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 it is picking at people, isn't it? It's, did he, I don't think Xander done anything particularly wrong. The third round was just the third round, wasn't it? Um, but then we can say, was Wallace fourth round just, yeah, do you know what I mean? How do you interpret these things? They're very, very difficult. One man's, one man's interpretation of him, you know, not being savvy enough to, to, to get on with it is, is another man saying, you know, what's wrong with it? It happens. Um, I think it looks worse because it was Jason Kokrat that won. I think that's sort of, you know, if it was if it was mm. Tyrrell that won, if it was even Russell Henley that won, people that have been there before, um, I don't think it would have been questioned as much. I think it's because someone like Jason Kokrat had a career round, uh, you know, Sunday best. He never performs like that on a Sunday. Um, you just looked in the zone and sometimes you get into that as an athlete and, and Kokrat was in there and, you know, he's... A, He's an extremely good ball striker, Kokrak. So if he's on form and not nervous for whatever reason, then it's very hard to beat. And maybe Xander's just pushed it. I think I think the overall body of what Xander's done, you know, he obviously won the, the Tour Championship for his 72 holes, didn't he? And then finished 50 years open where everyone sort of expected him to win. Um, it was slightly disappointing there, I suppose, even though it was a fifth. I think when you look at it and think, you know he's playing extremely well without getting the results. It, that's a bit of a concern, but we know he can get the job done. There's there's no there's no question marks that he's capable of doing it. And uh, you know for a, for a Masters backer or whatever, it's actually probably promising that he doesn't. Otherwise, just the price is just going to go, isn't it? Yeah, it's very very. Deep. I mean, I don't see what price you can put him in at. He, he is he's top grade, isn't he? Um, and you know there we are. I mean, I know John Rahm's won, but he's also put in some stinkers. Mm. Um, you know, Xander Schuffler's a lot more consistent player than John Rahm is. I think he's got a better attitude to the game than Rahm has, but he hasn't won. Like he, he doesn't win. Do you, do you know what I mean? The he same, doesn't, same strike, yeah, he doesn't right? win the yeah. same type of type of fashion. Um, yeah, I, I think he's top grade, and it's unfortunate. And maybe in a you know in a parallel universe, he wins three. Aaron Rye wins his last three, and and you know everybody's happy. <laughs> you know. Uh, it's it's hard to have a go at someone, but it, yes, there is a slight concern. Although I don't think it's over, I don't think it's over his attitude or his, his mental fortitude. No, I don't think it's that. So I think it's just one of those. What? Why is it not quite happening for him? It's just sort of question marks, if you like. Um, Justin Thomas again loves these short uh, short small field events, doesn't he? He's in great form again. Mm. Um, another player that that went backwards uh, in the final round was yeah, seventy four. when it. Yeah, that what they um, see that that to me, sorry Tom, that is much more of a concern than what Xander Sheffield done. Because he'd done it in the US Open. Um but he didn't look particularly happy there. Comes out to CJ Cup. Okay, it's a different completely different area to where he's won two of them. Um but had every chance to to do something. 
And I think going backwards in the final round is a lot more uh, worrying than, than, than doing what Schiffler or, you know, Patton done or something like that. I don't think he's looked very happy on the golf course for a little while. I remember at the PGA, he just looked absolutely yes, he did. Yes. devastated about everything. And I was like, yeah, come on, cheer up. You're... I mean, you don't know what's going on, so I don't want to kind of guess there might be something going on. It may just be that that's his game face. I don't know if it is. He needs to uh, adjust it because he, he looks very unhappy all the time. But, um, you know, he he is probably the, the likeliest of the top, I would say, maybe. Uh, maybe Xander would, would really? argue that. But um, I just think they're the perfect for him, aren't they, these small events. He's, you know, this course is meant to be all about, you know, basically putting in a fairway and wedging it and, there's not many better with a wedge in their hand than Justin Thomas. Um, I'm so, I'll have a match bet with you. Well, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. But yeah, I think it's I think it's close. I think it's close between those two. Rory's showing signs again, but I don't think it's still good enough. Um, and John Rahm, well, he's ten to one, isn't he? So it is what it is. But Tyrrell Hatton is the next one up, and twenty to one. I actually think he's not bad value. Um, he's playing out of his skin. Isn't he? We've been saying it since we started this podcast. It's just happened to be pretty much the same uh, same time scale. I put him up the last ever blog post I did for the old golf family. He won the, the Arnold Palmer, finished third and fourth after that, and has then gone fifth at the Tour Championship, first at Wentworth, third last week. You know, that's when he backs up a third from Wentworth, that first at Wentworth with a third in the CJ Cup on a short, you know, week flying, whatever you want to do to it. That's no, pretty impressive, and like you say, yes, he did go backwards in the third round, but he looks awesome again yesterday. It's got, um, got to catch up, though, isn't it? Surely, at some well, that's that's the thing. I think that's why you can get a decent price in him because I don't think people think he can keep it up. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't look at Tyrrell Hatton immediately and go right twenty to one. I'm, I've got to go in. He's not that type of player yet, but. It's a massive jump down from from Thomas, Rory, Xander, etc. to twenty to one, um, and there's probably other people I prefer at slightly bigger prices to Tyrrell. I mean, but Webb Simpson's the same price, and and it's a similar sort of golf course for him. Patrick Reed, it should suit. You know, in that collection, I think they're all pretty worthy of those prices. I just I just find it strange that he's almost being discounted as if he can't win. Because he's playing so well, that's that's the attitude people have, isn't it? In golf, is is if someone keeps okay. stringing the results together, you're likely to to put a bad one in. Whereas if it was a football team, you'd be jumping on them because they're in such good form. Yeah, he's 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 yeah, he's playing very well. He's playing very well on courses that he's never seen before as well, uh, which is impressive. Um, absolutely no reason why he can't do it again. Um, but again, you know, I, I think he probably wants it harder. Um, or it's it's more of an advantage for him than it is some others if it if it becomes harder than it's going to be. Um, there were a few moments over the weekend, weren't there, where he sort of you know went back to the old tempestuous. Yeah, it, it looks like it looked like he cut it out, and that was when he was playing his best. Was it when he kind of? Mate, he's just he's got to. I mean, he has to be. Again, we can't second guess him, but he has to be tired. I mean, mm. you know, celebrating after Wentworth coming over to to you know fake land and. Um, you know, and, and doing that, and you know, he, he played. You know, he, like you say, he played fantastic. Yes, they never gave up at any point. Uh, you know, he's the closest he could possibly have been um, after that third round. Um, so yeah, fair play. He's playing. I think, with, I, I I think the thing is, him, but, you know, not is 
there's two you know it could go both ways like you say he could just be mentally exhausted um and if he finishes 80th this week it's not because he just he's just running on empty or whatever it wouldn't be completely surprising but i think it's at least promising that he opened 65 68 which you'd expect when you're on a high and you know you're in vegas and you're relaxed etc it's the way that he's bounced back from the 73 that really sort of encouraged me i was like okay well that's the last round of the week that's when you should be the most tired and he's put in his best effort or match his best effort from the opening round it was just it's just encouraging to see yeah um morikawa i don't know what it is about morikawa i just can't seem to get excited about him even even i know obviously when we won the pga it sort of changed the tune a bit i just um, think i was lucky to get on a week where he puts yeah i just you know that is all you're betting against because he's going to be the best ball striker in the field most times, isn't he? Or one of. Yeah, one um, Yeah. You know, he's he's a superb talent and there's no point in trying to discount that or discourage it. You can't make him any bigger, I don't think, in terms of odds. But you are literally just backing on whether he can putt, which is going to segue us on nicely to both of our selections this week. Um, so I'm quite happy to go there unless you want to talk about top 20 Hideki first. <laughs> Literally finished 21st this week again, even in a 78-man field or whatever it was. That's the only position he can finish in. Uh, now you carry on, mate. 21st, 17th, 17th, 29th, 22nd, 20th, 22nd, 21st. What the hell? Why? What's wrong with him? Does he just go, oh, yeah, that'll do? I don't know. Well, ball Who striking knows? gets balanced out by you know lots of other things, doesn't it? It does indeed. Uh, Tiger Woods obviously loves his golf course. How um, and uh, can I just say? I mean, I didn't have a lot to say on this event, right? And I'm going to put this up there, but you need help if you back Tiger this week. And I, I could look very, very silly by the end of this, but honestly, don't be, don't be ridiculous. Any other player, this is not 1998, right? Any other player playing like him with his form will be double that price. He's only played seven events since he won this last season, hasn't he? I don't care. I'm, I'm absolutely think you've no chance of winning this tournament. It's just because people are going to buy into the fact that he loves the course, isn't it? You know, he finishes top two here every time he plays it. But you well, know, Jack Nicholas loves the Tigers. Club, you're not going to back him, are you? <laughs> it's not quite that serious, is no, it? No, no, no. But I'm just saying, what, what, where, what encouragement is there at all? Honestly that he's going to beat this field. There is none at all. No, so, I don't I don't rate his chances yeah, I, at all, I, I but just, he's obviously there just on name value, isn't he, and on past course experience because not many people have it, do they? That's basically what, what that's, people are putting stock into that when really it's an event. He's, that, got to find, he's got to find immense amounts just for turning up on a course that he likes when there's others that are playing better who also like the course. That, absolutely no chance. Let's go on to our pick. Um, I hope he retires but... before it all gets too much. So we can remember him for the greatest that he was. Yeah, but we thought that in 2013 and 14, didn't we? I think I'm going to revisit my he can match Jack Nicholas's major record statement because I don't think he quite got that in him now. But, you know, I don't know. I don't okay. know. It's, okay. it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to tell what what's going to happen. I don't think he's going to win this week. I don't even think he's going to challenge this week. I think we'll see four rounds of Tiger because we see four rounds of Tiger because there's no cut. Simple as that. Um, Bubba Watson. Yeah. 35, 33 to 1. 
talking of players that like the course, he's played very well here on the you know the limited amount of times that you know events have been played here. Um, he is striking the ball incredibly well, isn't he? Um, off the tee is always good, but his approach play has been brilliant. I think he was a fourth in the field last week, and he's he's a right up there season long. Um, it's just going to come down to the to the flat stick, isn't it? Like we just said about Morikawa, if he can find a way to putt, um, he will contend. And and I kind of spoke about it, and I, I think Ben did as well, um, that he was up there for like sixty five to one in the Masters uh, betting, and you know he was playing well at the U.S. Open before a bad third round. Uh, or final round, I can't remember what it was. Um, you know, just he's playing what at courses that don't suit, and now he's going to come on a course where shot shaping is important. It's correlating with, you know, Riviera, with the Travelers, you know, places where he's won three times each. Um, lights, bent grass, greens. You know, what the people, the thing, the argument people are going to make against him is he was a hundred to one last week, and now he's thirty-five to one. But it's important to you've got to factor in last week, haven't you, completely? Yeah, I mean, I would rather be on somebody at a short price knowing they were playing well than somebody at a bigger price guessing whether he's going to play well. I, I don't get the argument. I mean, there is going to be a factor. It's it's down to the individual about how much that should be taken into account. So, so yes, they're 100, 150 at one. They play well. You want to be on because they like the course or whatever you've found. And it's down to you. It's down to you whether you think that's worth half, three quarters, whatever. Um yeah, for me, he he stands out as a, one of the obvious bets of of this tournament by a long, long way. Um, it, I, I yeah, I don't think yes, you, you would be worried about the putting, um, but if he can't putt here, he's not gonna, you know, he's not going to putt anywhere, is he? Um, no. And yeah, he's he's you know, to use the American phrase, he's trending in the right direction. We don't see enough of him because obviously we've only got a certain amount of cameras on on course at the moment. But I'm, you know, I'm sure if we did watch a full round, it'd be you know just as much fun for you know as it always is with him. Um, I I think he's yeah I think you know seven places thirty three to one is very very fair. I think he's, he stands out along with one other um, maybe Harris English, which we argue about all the time. It's a bit of a plodder. Um, yeah, I think Bubba's cracking bet this week. He's not difficult to suss out, is he? It's obvious where he's going to play well. He's made it obvious throughout his whole career. Um, I think it was Rory that commented that this is going to suit him perfectly. Um, even if Rory didn't say that, he's got course form here. Uh, you know, he can play fancy shapes around. It's kind of, it's his, you know, it's his ideal course. It's not, it's not too difficult. Um, so he's not going to get wound up anytime soon, hopefully, unless he can't putt, which is a definite possibility. Um, but yeah, I just think he's obvious, and I think that when Bob Watson's obvious, it goes one or two ways: he either completely hits everybody down, or um, he plays very well. And you know, you, when you expect him to go well at the Genesis, he goes well. When you expect him to go well at the Travelers, yeah. he goes well. It's just he has certain courses back him when you can, because and that was the reason I kind of wanted to talk about the Masters because. He was playing well last week. He played well in the final round. He played well at wing foot, which doesn't suit him. Um, and I knew coming into this week that this was somewhere that he should play well. And if he finishes second, third, or wins it this week, he's going to go to something stupid like 20, 25 to 1 for the Masters, I'd have thought. Maybe 33s. 
Um, you know, I think he's nearly there now on the on the uh, you know on the each way terms. Like he's forty to one, so twenty five, twenty eight to one is what you're going to get. Augusta, you should have just got on beforehand in the hope that he plays well this week. Yeah, it should be. But is going to be fascinating, isn't it? Um, you should see over the weekend some of the some of the shots they're you know faking it all up, aren't they? Um, so it'd be just interesting to see how the greens react because if we're relying on Bubba putting, we don't know. I mean, we're hoping that he finds something this week. Um, otherwise, if he can hold his approaches at Augusta, you know, on the greens, um, yeah, it'll be, it, it will be fascinating to watch. I, we, unfortunately, we are working on stats because we just don't see enough of these players at the mm. moment. Um, yeah, I, I think if, you, if you're going to back him this year, this looks the obvious one, especially given his, his effort last week where, you know, we've seen Bubba go in and out, haven't we? We've seen him threaten and then and then fade away, whereas he was constantly good, you know, last week. So, I mean, his tee to green stats are just incredible. I mean, if he could putt, nobody would get anywhere near him, would they? No. You know, 11 shots on the field um, at the US Open and, and last week. Let's just hope he's in a good place. You know, he won the uh, charity challenge at the Shriners. I don't think you were on then, were you, Tom? Yeah. It's about the only time you haven't tipped him, I don't think. <laughs> he won that with Ricky Fowler against um, Nar and Anne for a sort of mir- mirror image duo there. Um, so, yeah, look, you know, he's enjoying himself. It certainly appears to be that he's, he's having a great time. Let's just hope he finds it on the greens. If he does, he will challenge. And like I say, he's my one and done this week. So, you know, I'm not bagging anybody else in the event. Obviously, you're one and done. But there was—is there other any? Nate, you mentioned Harris English. Yeah, and, around this price, he I played think. so well again over the weekend. I, he it's did, just, though, didn't he? It, he? But it's just—it's just so frustrating. But I mean, I can't imagine what it's like for him, um, because he's in serious danger of wasting form that he will never replicate. You look at like Brendan Todd early in mm. the season, and he just took advantage of being in the best form of his life after being absolutely nowhere. Harris English, very similar, not quite as drastic as Brendan Todd. Um, by, by quite a distance. You'd think so, yeah, in uh, terms of um, you know, transformation. Uh, transformation, what I'm looking for, but he, he can play anywhere, really, can't he, Harris English? He, doesn't, he can take his game to most places, um, whereas Brendan Todd's probably quite limited. But... Um, yeah, I just I worry. I do worry. I think that there's a very good chance he does all this. I mean, you think about his second at the Northern Trust, played absolutely superb, and lost by yeah. what was it? Bloody nine shots, eleven shots. It was, I think, it was to, to Dustin Johnson. Mm. When you run into that sort of form, you think, well, okay, that was my probably my best chance of winning. Then he goes and finishes fourth at the U.S. Open again, nowhere near Bryson. You know, it's just you keep putting all these all these good efforts in. You know, fourth and fifth earlier on in the season, ninth at Bay Hill, and, and you just can't get close to the winners. It's gonna, it's gonna grate on you, surely. I don't know what his mindset's like. He might just be really good and and can just carry on. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they think. Um, you know, I'm sure he can fold a few houses after what he's been doing. Yeah, um, okay, I think. Sorry. I think he's okay. Um, I just again, I just thought, I I, I was watching him last week. I, I did like him a little bit last week. Um, and again, he, he came through the field, got there and then it, it wasn't pedestrian because, because, you know, he's, his figures suggest that, you know, he isn't pedestrian. Um, I don't know what it is. One day it will fall in his lap on it. Um, things will happen. Um, and I just thought, you know, he's 35 is the same as Bubba. I thought, you know, burgers 
I know Berger's playing okay, but he hasn't got that that oomph that, that he did have. He did, hasn't he? That's yeah, Tiger obviously we don't like at all. Uh, Hovland played is playing quite well. Nina's playing quite well. Again, they've got the same problems. Morikawa, haven't they? Uh, Tommy, we're you know we're we're not that fussed about at the moment. Um, so around that sort of mark, I thought English and and Bubba were they they just looked a really solid duo. I, I do favour Bubba Watson, but it, it that wouldn't surprise me if English won won this week or next week or the week after or the week after the week Sometime after. Sometime in twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, Joaquin Neiman and Russell Henley are both in, in great form. Um, Russell Henley is, you know, because he he'd got his ball striking back together, Henley, um, even before the lockdown, and, and he was putting horrendously, which is always a strength of his in the past. Um, but he's now been working with a new putting coach, which we always like to read when they're playing this badly. And he's ranked 21st, 22nd, and 3rd in his last three starts in strokes game putting. So it looks like it's going the right way for him. 9th, 8th. Uh, third in three of his last five starts. He had a seventh for the Workday, eighth for the Honda. He's he's getting back to the Russell Henley that we we know. Um, if there's anything, obviously in the there was there was a sort of a link to the Hawaii uh, Wailani course. So I don't know don't know why, but he's obviously won there. Um, it it's I don't think I'm that excited about it. I think he's obviously just playing well, and 51 seems nice in a. In a limited field, same with Joaquin Neiman. Um, he's very consistent at the moment. Um, but it's going to take me to 80 to 1 to go for my next bet. It was someone I thought you were going to put up after last week. It was Cameron Smith. I know you liked him at 125 to 1 mm. last week. And he's obviously uh, played well, hasn't he? He's shot 69, 268s and just had a bad second round to, to sort of hold him back. I mean, he really should have been sort of like in top five, top six. Yeah, he should have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I just think that he does play... These limited field events quite well. Um, likes this your time of year, doesn't he? Does that? Yeah, likes this time of year. If if there is anything in that Hawaii link for whatever reason, he's won there earlier in the year. Um, you know, he plays the CJ Cup, which is why you obviously liked him. His his best finishes have come there, so it's just a time of year type of event. Eighty to one, I thought was fair, considering he showed plenty last week. Yeah, the, the interesting thing was last week we said that that you know we, we had no idea whether form would. Obviously, I mean the two courses had zero really um, in them, um, and it was just interesting that he did finish so well. Um, therefore, prove you know it, it, there's enough evidence there to suggest that you know he plays well at the end of the year. It just so happens to have been the CJ Cup where he's now he's now placed a couple of times and, and got eleventh yesterday. Yeah, why not? I, I, I didn't fancy the tournament for anything to go too mad on. Um, Smith might be a play in running. Um, I, I just wanted to stop at one or two, and, and you know, that was what I did. So, um, yeah, I can't argue yeah. with you. can't argue with you at all. Um, but that, that was the situation. Yeah, I, I looked at the event and only wanted, when I, when I wrote my, my bits out, you know, and, and the stats that I wanted to be involved, Bubba stood out along with, you know, like you say, Zach Johnson and, and a couple of others who aren't playing. Um, so yeah, Smith could do well. You know, lots, lots, look, let's face it, lots of everybody except Jason Day could uh, do well. <laughs> there was a couple of surprise names up in the leaderboard last week, wasn't there? In terms of Taylor Gooch, uh, Lanto Griffin were there, to, you know, top seven. Uh, Munoz carried on his, you know, good form to to make up that sort of top ten there. 
Um, so you can get some outside prices sneak up into the leaderboard this week. Um, it's just about trying to pick yeah, one. Streelman could go it? well. Streelman could go well. We're fans of Kevin Streelman at a big price, aren't we? Yeah. Um, he played okay last week. Um, yeah, he's been playing well, and you know he won't mind this. Tied with top twenty Hideki. Yeah, you and know, also he, he Danny Lee, who course. who actually finished very strongly last week. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, you, yeah, you like a bit of Danny, don't you? Um, you know, plays well in California, Streelman. Um, not going to mind this course at all, really. Probably, I mean, it's a very short track, isn't it? Was it seven thousand and yeah, bits, isn't it? Something like that. I think. Yeah, so it's not really going to, it's not really going to, um, you know, affect Streelman's uh, lack of length. So he could go well at uh, three-figure price. I, I wouldn't mind that, 140 or, you know, if, if he hits, you know, we've, we've made on Streelman before without actually winning. If he hit uh, 180, 200 on Betfair, again, you're only asking for 50 to one in run. He's got plenty of plenty of enough form to suggest that, you know, he, he's more likely to reach that than, you know, the likes of Alex Noren, Adam Hadwin, etc. Mark Beishman at the moment. Um so he stands out, really. I think 140 looks a bit too big. You know, it wouldn't have surprised me to see him around the 80, 90 mark. So, yeah, he'd be one that stands out. Uh, another one that obviously I generally tend to mention probably more often than I should because he never seems to actually do anything other than play OK is Ryan Palmer. Uh, finished 17th last week with a 76 in round two. So he had a 68, 66. Um, there's a, again... It's very probably loose because it's just a case of people play well in these short field events and finished uh, well in Hawaii at the start of the year. He's won that uh, in the very small amount of events that he's ever won. Um, it's like a WGC, isn't it, this type of event? It's a small amount of players. Um, it's not quite a challenging golf course. but Lots of them. Um, yeah, there's plenty of people that can't win. And, and he's probably someone that can, can sneak you a... Top seven. There's only seven places this week on the bet. I think that's the sort of thing you're looking at. If if you want someone out of this uh, out of this range, there's a uh, Takumi Kanaya is going to uh, have people watching him as he's turned pro. I think I, I can't remember exactly what the figure was, but the amount of money he could have won as an amateur um, is why he's obviously turned pro. Finished seventh on his first start in Japan as a pro. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But I think really it's just a case of one of the better ones will win this week. Um, we probably said that last week, and Jason Kokrat won. So there's there's obviously chances, but we both heavily fancy Bubba Watson, and I don't think there's needs to uh, to look too far away from that. So I think I'm going to go with Bubba Watson and Cameron Smith just for those two, and be interesting to see what price you can get on Ryan Palmer on the exchange later on in the week. Any more to add on the Zozo Championship? Nope. Nope. So in that case, then uh, we can just. First, we'll uh, recap our picks uh, for the Italian Open and the Zozo, and then we can talk about Radar's rants. Okay, so your bets for the Italian Challenge, please. Right, well, they were um, Arden Noose, but if he, if I can't get 30, that's the, that's the lowest I'm going. Uh, Connor Syme, I do like a 45. Laurie Cantor, yeah, like I say, Ben's gnaws that up for us, but we have had all day to take 66, so, you know, can't slow, too much. slow, can't really anything, but I think anything over 50 is very, very fair, given his overall form, par four, par five performance. Um, Burmese is a possibility, 80, just purely the price is wrong. And Mar- and Marcel Schneider at 300 or 500 on Betfield, whichever way you want to play, um, I think it's wrong. 
Um, not saying he's going to win, but I just think there is there is something there, and whether it's this week or not, what the hell at three hundred? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going with a pair of fifty to one shots in David Horsey, who I will say maybe proceed with a little bit of caution just based on the fact that the the form in Italy is not what we're going to see this week, but. I think he's just playing well enough anyway at 50 to 1. JB Hansen joins him at 50 to 1 as well, uh, 62 on the Swiss Challenge course that Mr. Kurt What's His Face designed, and that's obviously going to help. Richard Bland, non winner, uh, but 80 to 1 to, to snatch an uh, each way place in uh, this field is not bad at all. Um, so they would be my uh, picks for the week. Sorry, Tom, I will mention Jack Senior. It really bugs me to cross him off my list because I think 90 is wrong, but. I'm not going to do it because I don't think he's long enough. But it, he, he will really annoy me if he if he does anything this week. Well, he makes that obvious uh, link, doesn't he, with the Swiss Challenge? Form. He does, and he's playing very well. Yeah, absolutely. Right, Radar's Rants. Oh, you're just doing Bubba and... Um... Oh, we're just doing Bubba and Cameron Smith. Okay, I'm, just doing Bubba, aren't I'm just doing Bubba and I may, now we've spoken about it, I may all do Streelman on Betfair. Yeah, just old Kevin Streelman, man of the podcast, friend of the podcast. Very nice chap indeed. Um, so anytime he ever wins, that'd be nice. He yeah. does not owe us anything at all, does he? Um, going back to the rants that you got me started on at the start of the show. Well, you didn't really get me started on it, did you? I kind of uh, you volunteered them. Kind I think. of went off on myself, didn't we? Well, I just find Radar Wayne Riley very difficult to listen to. <laughs> There's not really anything to it. I just. I just, it is nauseating sometimes to listen to some of the crap that he comes out with. Like, he literally sat there, and I think it was a twig. He was sat in the middle of the fairway. He had a 7-iron in his hand. I don't need him to tell me what club he's got in his hand anyway. I don't actually care. Um, I know it obviously adds a little bit for people that are not watching or whatever. Um, but I don't really need to see what number is on his club. As long as he puts it close to the hole, that's all that really matters. He said, this is a hard eight for me. Um... Wayne, we're not interested in what you would have hit. It's just, it's it's completely irrelevant. I don't believe you could have hit an eight iron that far if a twig had to hit a seven iron. Um, you're not playing. You haven't played for I don't know how many years. You weren't that good when you did play. Um, so I don't know why you feel qualified to actually mention what club he's got in his hand. He then proceeds to tell him that it's a terrible decision because he would have to float one in there and take some off of it, and it's not a hole you can do it on. And then he absolutely flagged it, put it to in about six feet. Why Why comment? Why say things for the sake of saying them? Because that's all he does. That's, that's literally all he does. And he's got that, that likeable voice and character with his stupid hat that he wears that everyone warms to. And and that's it. And that's what he gets by on. I mean, at least with like Mark Rowe, everyone just universally moans about him on Twitter. Everyone loves Radar. I don't know. I don't get it. What's up? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know what you like him, don't you? I like his hat. <laughs> He's not in Jurassic Park, though, is he? I like his hat. I like his hat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, yeah. I'm I'm not commenting, actually. Um, so you're going to get me into all of that. I'm going to get. I'm, gonna, I'm just. I'm going to invite. And him then you're just going to invite gonna him there. on. I'm going to invite him on for an interview. <laughs> he won't come on um, after I said all that. I, I think the thing that annoys me most, and and, and we said this earlier, and and I know that it annoys a few people on Twitter, is why he gets involved in finding the leader's ball when it gets lost. I, I think it's extremely unfair um i think it's disrespectful to uh you know somebody that might be challenging from behind um who's had to play in front of one man and his dog 
Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that that really that that does annoy me. Um, yeah, he does make comments that seem to be. Look, he knows better than I do about about playing golf, but he, he does make comments that appear to be the total opposite of what's actually going on. Um, you know, I think you said it earlier about how the winds, you know, the winds blowing. The winds always up. If the winds up, how you've got to hold it up against a forty mile an hour wind when there isn't a tree or a flag blowing. Um, look, he's, if you listen to him, it would like literally be like you were on St Andrews every day of the week when you're in the middle of like a tree-lined course with you know July weather, like there's a bit of wind in the air because he doesn't know what else to say, so he just says there's a bit of wind in the air. There's actually not. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. I mean, this is. I'm going to read a comment. This is from a chap on uh, Twitter. He's in. He's based in New York. He's Australian. Evan Priest. Okay, yesterday, Wayne Riley's commentary is one of the reasons I love watching the European Tour. That's sad in itself. Leader Matt Wallace looking for his ball in the heavy cabbage on a par five. Radar finds it, going back to your point, and says to Wallace, you owe me something very cold with froth on top of it. So basically, you're admitting that you cheated. You've helped him find a ball that you shouldn't be getting involved in. Let Wallace find it. It's his job. Shut up. What the one thing I'll say in his defence is it's very clear. I don't think it's fake that he loves golf. I think he absolutely loves and lives for sport, and I think he's authentic. I just don't find him as charming as everybody else seems to. Maybe I'm just a miserable old git. Well, not that old, but I just don't get it. I don't understand why you have to say the things he says. Like, oh, there's a bit of wind in here when it's literally still as anything. Um, just for the sake of making comments. And that's before we get onto the rant of the on-course interviews, which I know you love as well. No, yeah, I, yeah, I just I don't think anybody likes them. I don't, they don't, what's the point of them? They, 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 add, just, they add nothing, do they? I just, I just don't see it. I mean, you know, if somebody's in a zone, I mean, to be fair, they are asked. It's not as if, it's not as if they shove a microphone up them and they go, you know, and then, and then, just start speaking they are asked if they want to take part on in the interview but i don't i don't see how it does if a player's in contention i don't see how it benefits them or or anybody in in any way whatsoever um i know you had some bizarre questions yeah you mentioned it earlier didn't you um some of the bizarre questions that was asked to southgate Southgate was asked at Fairmont St Andrews, which is not St Andrews, it's like four miles down the road, whether when he gets out on a course like this, suggesting it's like the brutal links that Matthew Southgate likes playing on, whether he feels the presence of Seve Ballesteros. Why would he? Why would he feel that? He's probably never met the bloke. He might he may never have met the bloke. He literally it's it's not like when you get to the Ryder Cup and you're playing under a laugh about and everyone says, oh, do you feel the presence of Seve? Mm. Okay, bit, you know, a bit of a tenuous thing, but you know, at least there's reason behind it. And, and I think there are people that do lean on that sort of thing because he was a special player, not, not discounting Seve whatsoever. Um, but it's not a course that Seve ever played, Fairmont St Andrews, as far as I know. I don't think it was even around when he was playing. Um, you know, he, why are you asking Matthew Southgate that question? Like Matthew Southgate doesn't know anything about it. he he knows who Seve is just as much as I know who Seve is, but he's never, probably never met him. Has he would he have ever met him? I don't know. But but why ask him? It's like with Richard Bland talking about one of the picks. 
he was asked when he was right in contention, I think he made a double bogey wherever it was, one of the early early starts, and he was asked, oh, I hear you're taking up cycling during a lockdown. How do you think that's helped? It hasn't. It clearly hasn't. And he's absolutely exhausted walking up a hill. All you can hear in the mic is, <laughs> he's ridiculously unfit, despite the fact that he's cycling every day in lockdown, supposedly. Why are you asking those sort of questions when they're trying to play golf? This literally got to the point now, isn't it? It's like Tim Barter effect. It's like whenever he comes on and asks someone, they immediately double bogey. Fitzpatrick done it at Wentworth, didn't he? He was he was clear and then double bogeyed. And I just I know they get asked. I know they're trying to do more of the European tour. That's that is the thing. They're trying to appeal to more of a market and people like the human element. But I just. There's got to be some things better you can ask them. Like, you know, how is it going earlier on the round? Because literally they asked they asked Matthew Southgate, how are you, basically? And he said, yeah, a bit cold. Not as cold as it was yesterday. A few birdies early on. Uh, obviously, when want to talk about his game. Do you feel sevy every time you walk around here? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I have no idea what you're talking about. Literally, that's what he wanted to say. I, don't, I can't believe you just asked me that question. Like, what do you say to that? I just, I'd, I would have to not laugh. Like if someone asked me that, because I've just got no idea why you're even linking that to me. It's lazy, isn't it? Thanks, Tom. Some of us get annoyed about people not putting crunches in freezers, and some of us get annoyed about many other things. More important things. Um, I have to watch that. That's what I'm saying. I have to, like, for for you oh. know research purposes, for enjoyment on a Sunday. I want to kick back, and I want to just want to talk. I just want to watch. How uh, a Twaggy is playing brilliant golf. Matthew Southgate isn't in contention anymore. Don't ask him a question. Who, who's, a good, interested. who's a good commentator? Because all the American ones are incredibly annoying. Uh, Nick Doherty's all right, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But he's more of a studio folk, isn't he? People don't like Paul McGinley. I quite enjoy him. <sighs> okay. I think he offers a lot more than people suggest that he does. I think he's very analytical. I think you listen to a a podcast on uh, what will remain unnamed because they're competitors. Uh, they're not competitors, really. They're way ahead of us. But, um, you know, he's he's got a lot to say if you just give him time to listen. The trouble is with Paul McGinley is all he's ever asked about is Rory McIlroy. And eventually he runs out of things to say about him and then sounds like he doesn't like him when really he does. He likes him an awful lot. He just he, he says sometimes he can't win and he can't win and he's right. Um, I don't know. I don't know who else we really like. Who's the ch- Ken Brown? He's okay, isn't he? Yeah, he's alright. Yeah, Ken Brown's right. It's, it's hard. It's, it's a difficult. I like Jim Nance. I like Jim Nance. It's a difficult. It's a difficult sport to um, to think about what you're going to say in between. You know, in between what's going on. I mean, half the time, obviously, they're sitting there and they get the same pictures that we do. What What annoys me is how they can be so incorrect when it's their job. <laughs> you know, I, I don't get. You know, I'm not like boxy, but. You know, the amount of times it'll be like, oh, here's X for uh, for par. And we know it's for bogey already, even though we're 10 minutes behind the live action. We know it's 10, you know, it's for bogey. And it's, it's you know, when he misses it, he goes, oh, uh, oh, that's for double. Sorry. Um, and I just think all you have to do, there's only one thing you have to do, sit in a studio with whatever links you've got that are live on course and tell us that. That's it. It's not a difficult job for a few hundred quid a day. Um uh, that that does annoy me, you know, the inaccuracies and, and stuff like that. Unless it's, and how many times you see it where the graphic gets put up, the actual graphic tells you and they still don't know what's going on. 
I mean, I don't know if the graphic appears on their screen. I, you know, well, I it obviously doesn't, does it? It can't do. Well, it's not. It's really not. You know, the only, certainly on the weekend, you've only got to know what you're going to show. What thirty players max? You've only got to know what thirty players. Are. It's really, really not a difficult job. So you know, shut up. Um, and the the opening ten twenty minutes or so of of every um, every show where I just oh God, what just I'm not interested. You know, showing them on the I just don't care. Yeah, I'm just not bothered. And showing fucking oh, excuse me, showing masters bloody sorry adverts. kids. So showing masters adverts. You know, you've got three balls. You've got the first two go off. They're I don't know just behind the lead, and they show the masters advert for five minutes so you don't get to see the third player tee off it's what i find strange about that is it's, it's it, not you know you know advertising obviously is what uh drives finances for a lot of these tv shows right uh they have to put these adverts yeah, in you're not getting any money out of showing that are you you're showing your own yeah that's right you're advertising your own show we know the masters is coming up we're gonna watch the masters whether you tell me about it during the scottish championship or not why do I need? Why, why yeah. do I need to see that? Well, they show interviews with players, like when there's, you know, the the, the top three are on the green. I'd, oh look, we've got blah blah finished with a sixty four and his eighth, right? Yeah, no, honestly, that's brilliant. And we know where to find your interview. Well, you don't because often don't get put up on online. But we we can find it and we can we're happy to see it. But the front three are on the green, so can we see them? And then the other one. What about the other one? Right, where you get. You get a tee shot. Ah, oh, it's a great tee shot within five foot. Oh, look at that other marker. That's blah, blah, within two foot. Yeah, we didn't see that one, did we? Because you were poncing about flipping <laughs> in front of the sky car. You know, we kept. We, it's important what they say after it. Of course it is, but not at that time. We don't need to know halfway through a, through a final round. Actually, I've forgotten to mention the one bit of commentary that had me absolutely rolling around in fits yesterday. Um, and I can't remember if it was radar. It probably was radar. It may have been. I can't remember who else was on the commentary that day. Uh, but someone said about Garrick Porteous. Uh, well, he doesn't look nervous, does he? He had a snood on. You couldn't see his face. It literally the only thing you could see was his eyes. He had a woolly hat and a snood on. Sneed. He literally, he literally looked like he was about to rob a bank, like we all do at the moment with the masks anyway. You couldn't see him. How do you know if he looks nervous under there? It's quite. What? Why are a, you saying that? Quite ironic that a week after Till Hatton gets slated for wearing a hoodie, um, nobody wears a hoodie when it's freezing cold. <laughs> and also Matthew Southgate. To be fair to him, and, you know, I've talked about stupid questions, but he said he had a bag, he had a couple of tea bags in his pocket, and that was the only thing keeping him warm. <laughs> Plastic bag. What are you talking about? They're not going to keep you warm. Because he's been asked stupid questions, he comes up with stupid answers, he doesn't know what else to say. Oh yeah, I've got a few couple of teas in my pocket, they're keeping me warm. What are you talking about? There's Maybe no warmth on a wooden tea. Yeah, I think I think taking the piss out of them would, would is probably their best option. But again it's gonna put them off what they're doing, isn't it? If they're playing well, it's that is gonna put them off. Um Yeah, it's but a... I don't I don't know what like you say, it's it is hard because they're trying to fill gaps in a in a coverage um you know, there's there's long time between shots between radar finding Matt Wallace's ball and uh, the person hitting the next one. But you know, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else that makes more sense. Like even if you told me about like 
who had finished, like you say, someone got interviewed when they shoot at 64 in the final round and finished 8th. Tell me something else that's going on in the course. Don't take me to an interview with Matthew Southgate talking about Seve. It doesn't make any sense. And I feel sorry for the people that have to do the interviews because they're obviously being asked to ask something like that or come up with something on the spot. And that's what that, that's what they come up with. It's, it's uh, baffling. But yeah, I mean, I've seen Rain, Rain, Radar, Riley walk around Wentworth many a times. And everyone loves it. They're going, oh, look, it's Radar over there. Just strolls around with his bloody headset and his big stupid hat. Um, I don't know if it's an age thing. Maybe it's because he's been involved for so long people find him charming. I just think he's ridiculous. I just think he says things to say, taking it. Gets paid for it. He's happy because he gets paid to do something he loves doing. Mm. And, uh, you know, he's not, he's not, he's never moaned at, is he? Apart from by me, who no one listens to anyway. No. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It's that's their it. status in life. He's very, it? he's very popular, isn't he? That they're never, yeah, gonna, very they're never Anybody, lose him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, get, I don't get it. I don't really understand it. But not everyone has to like him, do they? I mean, God, look at the people that Sky Sports, uh, Sky Sports wheel out for the football. They don't have to be popular, do they? They can just have to be controversial. I know that Sol Campbell was on there the other day because he was saying that Phil, everyone should know that Phil Foden is right-footed and shouldn't get done by him on the wing. He's left-footed. <laughs> and then he talks about why he can't get a manager's job. You literally can't look at the fact he's using his left foot. And he was wearing a tracksuit. That's another. That's a completely other separate subject. Anyway, this is not a football podcast. But yeah, I think that's it for today, isn't it? I think we've done our done our roundup. We've had our rant. That replaces our usual food segment, I'm afraid, Julian. Um, and we uh, we move on. Not long until the Masters now, is it? No, I, I do think... It's, no, it's... It feels like a countdown to that now, doesn't it? It's been very weird, isn't it? Because we, 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 you know, we go outside and it's dark in the morning, it's dark in the evening, and, and the, the Zozo, the CJ Cup, it all appears to be very end of season, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. So it's going to be very, very weird, and and I don't know. I mean, clearly, I mean, from Twitter, there's there's loads of people that are, you know, absolutely can't wait for it. Um, I could do with a week off, to be honest. With you. Um, but it's just, and it might get that with the Cyprus. Put it this way, it's, it's uh, Bermuda and Cyprus next week, isn't it? So uh, if we decided to have a week off, I don't think anyone would hate us. Only uh, radar. Only radar. I mean, he hates us anyway. And I don't hate him. I just think he's bizarre. Yeah, I know. But... I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, they're, they're trying to get you up for the Mars, and I just think it's it's. I mean, obviously, it's going to be brilliant, but I don't know. It's just, to use a very naff cliche, it's just not the same, is it? No, no, it isn't. It really isn't. It's it's a it's a tough slog at the moment, but uh, we move on, don't we? Into next week. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Jason.